0: And my wife was sure I was dead. I came up with just blood everywhere. I was lowered into the water was greeted by a floating body our apartment didn't seem safe it wasn't clear if the building was going to fall down and I said to myself if it's broken you gotta go home Like you don't have a car, you don't have a hotel room what are you going to do for another 6 weeks what they're mostly concerned about is if you crash that your bike is not going to turn into a fireball nature always wins and it is a great unifier it gave me a lot of courage being out in nature and, and being afraid of it was not the answer but you're a girl and you shouldn't be doing these things. It was always very confusing to me because I didn't understand that. I didn't understand that mentality. As a human, you have power. You just have to access that power. If you want something, you got to put the time in to get it. You should be working so that you can live your life, and that's what I try to do. Whoa! everybody welcome to episode 23 of the go get outside podcast this is your host Jason Milligan that's right we are back it's weird after doing a show every week and recording something every week and working on something weekly taking a month off feels like an eternity I feel like it's been a long time since I've done this but it's only been a few weeks so here we are episode 23 in the beginning of season 2 much like at the beginning of the first season this is not going to be a typical episode what we are going to do today is discuss what you can expect from season two and the changes to the podcast and we're going to take a quick review of the first season i've put together a six minute compilation of some of the moments from the first season Uh, we'll end the show with that i recommend sticking around and listening to that It's a collection of exciting moments, passionate moments, humorous moments, touching moments. Listening to it after I put it together kind of made me feel like maybe this little show might actually kind of mean something. So stick around and check that out. A lot of people ask me about the themes of this show and kind of the overall goal of the show. and. Oftentimes, people are really curious about the interview format for the show, and they ask me questions like, if I come with a bunch of prepared questions, should I send questions ahead for them to be prepared? And now, 22 episodes in, I feel like I have a very clear idea of what this show is. So the show is called Go Get Outside, as you should already know, and it does primarily focus on outdoor activities and outdoor people, but I think... The scope is actually a little wider than that. There are two things I really want to highlight on this show. It's a sense of community, and it's a sense of promoting active participation in life experiences. So anything moderately related to the outdoors or exploration that involves people being an active participant is of interest to me on this show if you're a repeat listener if you've listened to the first season you may have remembered we had an episode that was about martial arts and escape rooms and those aren't two things that i think the average person would think of as appropriate in an outdoor podcast but in that wide umbrella of active pursuits i think they fit in this show and this season we're going to talk to people about things like journalism or even maybe going to talk a little bit about life philosophy in one of the later episodes. I'm trying to get a ghost hunter on the show. I'm open to activities that are outside of the realm of backpacking and cycling and rafting and those sorts of things. I still wanna hit those, those still will be the main points, but I am open to other things and I hope the audience is as well. And I also mentioned community. As I said, people do often ask me do I prepare questions and sometimes when people are considering being on the show, they're worried they're not gonna have enough to talk about, they wanna know what topics we're gonna to talk about. I want this show to feel like conversations. When someone listens to this show, I want them to feel like they have a sense of our guests' personalities. So it isn't important to me that we hit our talking points, have our concise statements, and move on to the next topic. I would much rather we have time to breathe, time to converse about whatever we want, time to run off on tangents and discuss things that maybe aren't related to the overall topics at all. I think that makes this show feel more like a community instead of news gathering. I like those kinds of shows. I listen to those kinds of shows. But for me, for this show, what's most important is that we get to know the personalities of other people in our outdoor community. And if you are not part of the outdoor community, well, come on. You're welcome. Join us changes to the show maybe you'll like some of these changes maybe you won't like some of these changes maybe you'll like all of these changes I don't know but here's what's happening we are changing the show schedule doing the show once a week was great I'd love to go back to doing once a week at some point it is not financially feasible at this point in time maybe at some point that will change and we'll move back to weekly format I hope that's the case but for now we're going to move to twice a month which I still think is pretty good and honestly, there are podcasts I listen to that sometimes I wish they didn't update as frequently as they do because I have a hard time keeping up with it. So maybe some of you will be happy we're moving to twice a month because it'll be easier to stay caught up with this show. For those of you who are sad that you're not going to have it every week, thanks. I mean, that's flattering, but I hope two times a month will still be enjoyable. You can rely on this show to come out on the 1st and 16th of each month, at least through the end of this year. And then we'll maybe take another break and start a third season. Other changes to the show, I think everyone will like. We'll still be hitting our tried and true conversational interview with a single person format. That will still be the primary format of this show. But I have invested in some more microphones and an additional recording device so that I can do a number of other things. So here are some of the new types of episodes you can expect. Group interviews. So there are already some episodes I've recorded where I sit down with two people at a time. And discuss a single topic they share whether they're a couple that's dating or whether they're two people who are working together on a project or whatever else may bring these two people together appropriately for an episode and so far those have been really enjoyable episodes it's really nice to include that dynamic of two people bouncing off of each other in addition to talking to me and answering questions from me so you can expect episodes like that we have a number of those recorded already I'm also going to start adding the occasional roundtable episode. So far I've recorded one of those. It is me and three other people discussing solo backpacking for two hours. You can expect to hear that later in the year, probably in the spring that episode should come out. So that'll be a long episode and it'll be about a single topic discussed by four people. It was a lot of fun. I think people are going to like the roundtable episodes i'd like to do even more if you have topics you'd like us to discuss send them in let me know the reason we did a solo backpacking roundtable was specifically because a listener sent me an email asking to hear more about that topic and the last type of show i'm hoping to add this one is not guaranteed but i'm going to try really hard to do this very occasionally so maybe only two or three times in this season i want to do some story based episodes So basically, that's kind of the NPR model. So these will be a little higher produced. So it would be one or two people telling a single story, highly edited, sound effects, music, all those things to spice it up and really make it nice. Those take a lot more time to put together, so it won't happen frequently, but I do have a few ideas in mind, and I'm hoping to add a few of those throughout this season. So that's what you can expect. Twice a month, regular old interviews we've been doing all along, occasional group interviews, very occasional roundtables, and every once in a while, a story episode. We hit a lot of topics in the first season. I want to discuss some of those more, and I want to bring in even more. We didn't spend a whole lot of time talking about things like rafting and kayaking last season. I'm hoping to discuss those more. I'm trying to reach out right now to paragliders, base jumpers, arborists, ballooners, urban explorers, Most anything that fits in that wide umbrella I discussed before. So I do hope to add in some of those topics that we haven't covered last season and maybe things people haven't even thought about. If there are any topics you'd like to hear us cover or people we should talk to, let me know. If you are listening to this and you're like, hey, I'm a paraglider. I want to be on the show. Send me a message. We'll see if we can't get that worked out. So before we head into the end of this episode I just want to do some quick updates from our guests That were on season one So there were 21 different guests in the first season If you haven't listened to those, they're still available You can go to iTunes, Stitcher, wherever GoGetOutside.com slash podcast website Listen to them directly there if you'd like Those episodes are all available and will remain available And here are some updates from some of the folks from the first season Episode 15, we spoke to Katie Cannell. She told us about martial arts, escape rooms. She even talked about cosplay a little bit. And her update is that the website she launched, called theroomescapist.com, which is specifically escape room reviews, it's starting to work out really well for her. She's being contacted by some of the escape room companies who want her to come out, check out their rooms, and review them. And I noticed recently she even did a review for a Kickstarter campaign for an escape room in a box. So there are some interesting things going on over there at roomescapist.com. Go check it out. This next update is from Pamela Zulelian in episode 13. She talked a lot about backpacking and she was also a professional street loser in her past. Usually, I would have Erica read this update, but Erica is grumpy and sick right now, so you're going to have to deal with me reading this update from Pamela Zulelian. Aside from an amazing winter as a host ski patrol at Snow Valley and getting lots of snowshoeing in, this is not at all what her voice <laughs> sounds like, I am planning some great backpacking trips for this summer, both solo and with friends. That said, you'll be excited to learn I now have a trail companion, a llama named Leah. Or Leia. I'm not sure if she's pronouncing it Leia or Leah, but I can tell you that it is spelled with double L's just like llama. She's the most beautiful llama around, with her big brown eyes and the longest eyelashes you have ever seen. If you would like to say hi to her, she can be seen at Adam's Pack Station in the Angeles National Monument. If you happen to see the two of us on the trail, please say hello. She will be getting her own website soon, too. LeiaTheLama.com, because who doesn't want to know some llama adventures? parentheses smile that is her smiling by the way not telling us to smile go to the website i have a photo she sent me pamela and her new llama friend when i asked everyone if they had updates to share i did not anticipate anyone was going to send me an email about a llama that was pretty enjoyable If you remember episode 16 with Auden Anderson, he talked a lot about Scientology, backpacking, getting into all these things for the first time, getting rescued in Canada. He also mentioned his website, 360nomad.org, and how he was going to update it. And he held true to his word, and he has been adding some updates to that site. So go by 360nomad.org, check in what's up with that guy. In episode 11 we spoke to Ches Brungraber of Gobi Gear. She'd like to let us know that the Kickstarter campaign she was running then for their new product the Segsack, it did fund. It was highly successful. She said the product should be ready in spring. So if anyone's interested in that, they can pre-order it from the website gobigear.com episode 14 we talked to mike hastings all about motorcycle racing and mountain biking and a lot of things that involve being on two wheels he's been keeping busy with that with riding and then occasionally racing and other things but he also decided to head over to Wrightwood and try out some zip lining and he sent me some photos of that so if you want to take a look at that go to the website joanna turner aka cougar magic from episode 7 was recently on 60 minutes talking about camera trapping If you go by the website, there's a link to that piece on 60 Minutes. So go check that out. And lastly, in episode 18, we talked to Steve Searin. We talked a lot about canyoneering, backpacking, and his testicles. Oh, and photography, which is the thing he's really well known for besides his testicles. And he sent me this message based on the things we talked about in that episode. Carter, he has a very young son named Carter, did end up going backpacking. He loved it and for some odd reason he was saying happy Father's Day to the other backpackers. It was a month after Father's Day. It was hard work for us the parents. Christina, that's his wife, was already months pregnant. He says the due date for the new baby, their daughter, is the 25th of this month. This month being February. An early congratulations to the Searin' family on their new daughter. He also mentioned a certain photograph that needed to be done at summer solstice from a ridge top in the Sierra. He talked about how he was going to try to get that photograph in that episode, episode 18, and he did indeed get it. So if you go by our website, look at the show notes, you'll be able to see a picture That's it for our updates. I have been keeping in touch with people that have been on the show and most of them seem to be doing well. So hopefully everyone's happy to know that they're all doing well and continuing on doing the things that they talked to me about doing. So before we head out, before we go into the compilation of the first season, I'll cover all the things I usually have to say here at the end of the show. So go to the website, gogetoutside.com slash podcast. There you'll find the show notes for this episode, photos for all of the things I just talked about in the updates links for all the things i just talked about in the updates curious about those things go to the website check that out you want to talk to us here at the show you want to contact us you want to tell me some of those show ideas you'd like to hear us cover or recommend some people or say hey i want to be on this show email me go at butcherbirdstudios.com or call us 818-925-0106 it's a google voicemail you got three minutes leave us a message you know the drill subscribe rate review iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you listen to the show. If you rate the show, I will love you. If you review the show, I will really, really love you. This is the part where I usually say next week on the show, but for obvious reasons, I won't be saying next week on the show, although technically I did just say next week on the show. Regardless, two weeks. March 1st, come back. We're going to talk to Esme Deprez. She's a climber. She grew up as a ski racer. She is a journalist for Bloomberg Businessweek, and she wrote an article about Waltopia, a foreign company who makes climbing walls and is conquering the world market. Come back March 1st, listen to that. I will leave you with this six-minute compilation of some of the great moments from season one. So I got two bears between me and the opening. Her boot slips and she bumps the nose of the bear and ears just raise up, just slowly lift up to an alert status. You can hear me on the footage actually say, I think she's waking up. I think she's making (laughs) up. So so you're recommending Survival of the Fittest based on nunchuck proficiency? Yeah, I think we're on to something. Yeah, absolutely. We started on traveling and tourism. (laughs) And now you're talking about 9-11. Okay, we're going to (laughs) back off of that. Sorry. Somebody's like, oh, this podcast sucks and just turned it (laughs) off. There's hail, rain, just like this kind of like wet snow rain that's like blowing so hard. I can't sleep and I'm terrified that my tent is going to collapse because it's literally like on my face. Everything was moving, like not just side to side, but up and down, it was like being on a subway car. Bikes blew over and the plaster started coming off the wall and the windows blew open and my door blew open and it was just super loud and really hot. The building got really warm, like all the inside was heating up from the vibration like the rebar and then it stopped. The little chipmunks? They're running around, they're so adorable and cute. We call them mini bears because they literally can do the damage of a bear if given the opportunity, even though they're tiny. Started diving and bought a boat. Burst my eardrum. And I went to the emergency room, and the guy said, well, for the next six, eight weeks, you're not going to be in the water. you got to have another sport. I went out that day and bought a motorcycle. I had six miles on the bike, and a guy hit his head on and crushed my leg. I go back to the emergency room, the same emergency (laughs) room doctor, the next night. He says, you again. I said, you told me to get a different sport. This is really outside of anything I would do. It's really uncomfortable for me, and maybe this is something I should try. By the end of the drive, it was like 10 o'clock at night. I'm like, okay, I'm going to do 100 peaks, and I had two done. It's nothing too fancy. It's very basic, very minimal, but it's everything I need. I basically just bought a plain Chevy cargo van, and I converted it into a travel van. Put a mattress in the back here. I have two cabinets over the wheel wells, and then I put a plywood sheet over those two cabinets. Put a twin-size mattress on top. Keep all my climbing and canyoneering and camping gear in the back, and uh, I got a cooler next to the bed for the food, some shelving bins for my clothes. That's pretty much all I need. That's the day I met you. And I knew that I'd get along with you because despite the fact that your testicles were hanging out most of the day, you were totally cool about it. You didn't get embarrassed. You're just like, yeah, this this is what's happening. We're just going to deal with it. I believe you handed me some construction orange duct tape to wrap my balls in. So swooping is when you basically wait until someone's finished their plate. Oh, I do know what this is. Grab the plate before the cleaner takes it and you finish it. And you know what? My friend found a whole pizza. Went to the fabric store, got some leopard print fur, fake fur, sewed it into the shape of a tail and then went up to my camera. So I got like this blurry shot of rosette printed fur. Our first thought was not, oh, this is a prank. Our first thought was we got an ocelot and we're gonna be famous. The first time a trout hits the end of your line, it's so magical. All of a sudden, it hits it, the line runs out, the reel starts to spin and has this musical quality to it. And then it's the art of trying to fight that fish to bring it to hand. And you come so intimately close with this creature that's gorgeous. And then you set it free. My first trip I led was awful. If you think about, like, everything that went wrong, one of the vans crashed into a snowbank because a deer was racing us, essentially. But that was only one out of many things. Like, we wanted to go kite skiing, so I had this grand idea. I'm like, let's go kite skiing. We haven't led a kite skiing trip here at Outdoor Adventures. Had you done kite skiing before? I've never even been on skis before. (laughs) until I fell asleep. I would sit in front of the TV for six hours a day. I decided that I didn't like that. I was getting fatter and fatter and I was very bored and I just didn't know what I wanted to do. So I decided I needed to do something that got me out of the house. Um, If it was a little bit physical, I thought it would be good. So I joined a bowling league. In order to be continuously successful at something that's so adrenaline driven that you have to be willing to always Always put yourself at the most extent of that risk. And I realized that I just my my headspace was changing a little bit where I wasn't willing to do that anymore. And I just thought, you know what, I'm at the top of my game and I'm gonna just step back now. You know, you have this kind of idea about people who are adventurers. People who seek adventures, it can be reckless. Actually, I found the opposite to be the case. All the people I know are very measured. In fact, I don't think I've ever met anybody that I consider to be reckless. And my team made all the right decisions. And and I am here today alive with both legs um, because of the decision-making. And uh, I had a helicopter evacuation, and it's awesome. And I'm getting a little emotional right now. But I said to you yesterday, it was probably the best thing that ever happened to me in my life uh, because that experience made me realize how powerful the outdoors are. And I realized that I now had a platform and a way to teach wellness medicine is what I do. I teach wellness medicine, I think, to kind of manage the maybe post-traumatic stress and realize that I'm lucky to be here because I want other people to make decisions and save other people's lives at the end of the day. The first time when you race in anger and there are 40 other motorcycles around you starting at a starting grid and they throw that green flag. I haven't had hardly any other more exhilarating experiences in my life. I remember that day like it was yesterday, my first race ever. I was so freaking nervous that I literally thought I was going to puke in my helmet on the starting line the humanity in this world it can be so incredible and that, i just feel like that was really eye-opening to me to come from such a privileged american background expecting these people to be miserable and poor and unhealthy and dying of aids and you know their children have distended bellies in some of the slums that we visited and like you know they're dying of dysentery and yet despite that all of that maybe was true they were so happy and resilient as a people, and it just it blew my mind. And this is after hundreds of time calling, and then you get a faint, I'm here. First, you, you, you're not quite sure. Right, you think maybe you heard something. Yeah, you know, and you call out the name again, and then the, the voice gets stronger. And, and I, I tell you, there's nothing quite like that feeling of finding someone when they're lost. You can hear the desperation, you know, in their voice, and you know that, okay, you just did a good thing.